You know, I get the question all the time, Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payment you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be a hundred percent, pal. You know, you can do better than a hundred percent interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house. If you already have a house, but you think, you know what? It's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com. B-U-Y with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. Could, of course, we couldn't do it without our Hall of Famers, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you, man? Wonderful. Excited to be here, and of course, we couldn't do it without the man of the hour, DDP, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. What's up, dude? How are you? Dude, I have a lot up. <laughs> a lot of things happening right now, man. No kidding. Fire, bro. Of course, uh, last week, the world finally got to see what was going on with guardians of justice man the feedback has been incredible at least what i've seen what are you hearing dallas you know dude i'm just i'm just happy it's finally aired you know and it's out there and people are seeing it and from that little company right yeah that little company uh netflix the original <laughs> uh, you know my, my buddy adi shankar a little behind the scenes on that you know my buddy adi shankar uh is the one who cast me in that and he didn't actually cast me he sent me a script and originally it was going to be just shorts for like YouTube type thing. And there was so much dialogue for the character Nighthawk, but I mean, very similar to Batman because it's kind of a satire, you know, it's kind of a little campy at times as well. Uh, the show, uh, and it's, it's made to be like that. Um, but, uh, he sent me the script and he's like, uh, pick whatever you want. I'm like, dude, just tell me what you want me to play. You know, I, mean, I, I don't want to pick something. He goes, no one's seen it. So when I read through it, the um, there was a character on there, and I don't want to say too much about him, but his name is Mindmaster, and and I chose that, and he was like, uh, "Really? 
you want to play my master? I said, yeah, I think it'd be something really different. He goes, you don't want to play Nighthawk. I go, dude, that's a lot of dialogue. <laughs> that's a lot of dialogue. He goes, take it, keep it for, keep it, read it again this weekend and call me. So the bottom line is, I, I, I didn't really feel like, I didn't know if I could do it, to be honest, you know? And I always tell people, never underestimate the power someone gives you by believing in you. Adi believed in me. And, we, you know, he'd grown up with me, you know, uh, as he traveled from India to Hong Kong to New York. You know, he was always being transplanted and wrestlers on TV that he identified with became like, you know, like people are, how they treat us, right? Like we're family. And so he saw something to me that, you know, I didn't at the time. And uh, bottom line is it's uh, it's doing pretty good. So I appreciate everybody going there. And if you haven't heard about it yet, it's on Netflix. It is a uh, Netflix original and uh, it's called Guardians of Justice. And it's fantastic. And uh, boy, we're talking about some fantastic stories today. Of course, last week we talked about Jake's uh, debut with the WWF and then of course later AEW, but Today we're talking about when DDP became the man, of course, that feud of the year that people are still talking about 25 years ago, your feud wow. with the macho man, Randy Savage. And really it all started with sort of this WCW versus NWO thing. And, uh, we've touched on it a little bit before that maybe the rumor and innuendo was Eric Bischoff didn't want to be perceived as showing you favoritism, but man, you just broke out in 1997 and it's hard to believe that was 25 years ago, dude. Crazy, man. You know, and if you look at me in January, what's that? Because, you know, in 1996, there's no way you've seen it, right? <laughs> you know, because it was like, I always felt like I was going up against the wall because I just had a great discussion with uh, Kevin Sullivan because he, he had done the, uh, I'm going to make sure I get his podcast. He does um, Taskmaster Tales, and they were talking about DDP. And I listened to it. And uh, he's pretty hard on you back then. Oh, yeah. And he uh, was, but he talks about it in yeah. there. He's like, didn't really see it, yeah. you know, but he said, he's he, honest. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, he dubbed me the hardest working guy in professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, one of the things that as we were going through it, like when I called him, because he said a lot of really nice things about me on his podcast, you know, you don't know how. Yeah, you will lie in a second. <laughs> <laughs> but I just called him to thank him. And then you know, we started talking and, uh, and one of the things he had sent me, and I got to put this over because he sent it to me and his wife, uh, her name is LA Taylor. She's got a, a book out that people who love to read about wrestling. It's called, um, old school book one. And that is, uh, the, the, uh, the ring square. And, uh, it's really, I, I already started reading it. it was, it's really interesting. So I told Sully, I would mention that for her, uh, because she put a lot of work in that. And it's a whole series. But uh, back to Salt, you know, when it came to, are you are you pimping one of your little products out there? Yeah, he's hot. And what, what is that? If I was a chick, I'd do this guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. I'm still thinking about it. Oh, my God. That's so, my buddy, man. Okay. So, so, so what is this so we know here? Oh, I, I don't know. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> uh, the bottom line is, uh, you know, one of my fondest memories a year before that broke was Michael P.S. Hayes calling me after the match I had with Sting January, the year before. And I, I, I heard the phone. I was going to the gym. I ran back. I pick up the phone. He goes, and I hear, Paige, pay ass. 
Hey, uh, I got it. I pick up the phone. Hey, Mike, what are you doing, man? Hey, God damn mother. He's all pissed off because, because freaking I pick up the phone. He said, Paige, you know, sometimes you want someone to not be home so you can leave him a message. I'm like, yeah. I said, uh, do you want me to hang up so you can call back and leave a message? No, no. You're on now. Paige, I have never been so happy to eat crow in all my life. Wow. That match you had with Stinger, man. He goes, great job. Click. And he hung up with me. Yeah. But that was the that was the one moment. And then a year later to have that happen with and of course Scott and and uh Kev, they set it up. You know, and it was it's funny because when I was talking to Sullivan, Sullivan said in his uh his um uh, in his podcast, the Taskmaster Tales, he he said and Kevin's idea was to do this because I didn't want anybody to know that was my idea. Because when Kev's like, oh, go tell Bischoff. And Scott's going, go tell Bischoff. I'm like, I ain't telling him nothing. But Kevin tell him. So they, they, without those guys, it never would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it took like, I think we found out it took eight weeks to actually happen. And that's what made Mach want to work with me. You know, because he had seen how hard I worked. And right then with the diamond cutter and everything, man, it was it was, it was as hot. hot as it got. You yeah, know? it was hot, man. Real hot. You know, the importance of the diamond cutter, I, I don't think can be overstated. You know, the even before you're getting huge monster reactions from the crowd, the move was resonating with audiences, whether you were a good guy or a bad guy or whatever. It got a big reaction every time. That sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it, Jake? <laughs> right. I've seen a handsome devil once do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, that's the whole thing. You know, I, I, I told I, I called Dallas and told him way back when that, hey, thanks for reinventing the DDT. Yeah. Because for me to get that pop that you really want, that that pop that blasts people out of the seats, which you seldom see that these days, but unfortunately. You've got to hit them with a surprise. You know, you've got to bring them from here to here. And that's when you, that's what you want. Yeah. 100%. That's the measure of the pop, you know, and to blast them out of their seats, man, where they just lose it, just lose it, man. And that's what the DDT did because it's always, a, not always a surprise, but you can get it from anywhere, you know? And I loved as a heel. Yeah. How you would get them and they go, oh, and go and shove them off. <laughs> Never give the people what they want. No, 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 no. I, I like doing this baby face too. I didn't care. I was just like pissing them off. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about, protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. 
If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. It's just the element of surprise, you know, that reminds me of a story if we've got time to talk about it real sure. quick with, uh, dusty, uh, no, not dusty. What the hell am I talking about? I can't remember the guy's name now. Anyway, he said, yeah, we had a match and, uh, you told me you'd, you'd hit me with a small package. I thought, are you crazy? You're going to hit the DDT, aren't you? I said, no. So I did the shove off. Then he comes up in school. He school balls me. I kick out one, two. Then I turn around small package and one, two, three. <laughs> and the people were pissed. Oh, I understand. You know? yes. And I'm laughing inside. Right, right. It's a baby face. Right. And I walk over to get the bag. Well, I had him jump me. Right. Then he slammed me over the top. I went and then hit him with it. And hit him when you want to, not when they're dying for it. That's, that's the stuff. When I told you in a podcast before this, how Jake had some guy give him 40 VHS tapes that were all two hours long of nothing but Jake. And I mean, I studied everything. And, and of course, Jake was my guy. Jake's the one who sucked me back in to even wanting to be, be a wrestling fan, never mind getting involved. If he doesn't come to my club, none of this ever happens. But that's sorry, like, folks. <laughs> that's like God's work, though. Yeah, man. It, you know? Yeah. And that's the, the instantaneousness of the you know the ddt and the diamond cutter people will say i love your ddt to me i have people come up to me and go man jake i love your stuff i'm like we look nothing alike <laughs> but it's you know that, that's that um Melu angelou who said it may not they may not remember what you did who you are but they remember the way you made them feel that's it and that's what we both had and i took it from him yeah. Because it, it worked. Visual pops last for a split second. Then your brain wants something else. But if you can hook people up emotionally right. with your match, you've got them forever. And that's what I always preach to him. You've got to have them with this, not with these. Because, man, you're seeing it now with uh, the guys in AEW, which are doing a tremendous job for however long they live, but they're, they're giving it everything, man. They're going guts out. But each time they do one of these phenomenal moves in a split second, the people want more. They want another piece and another piece. You know, it's like, uh, it kind of reminds me, I hate to say this, 
<laughs> chasing chasing cocaine, you know. It's never as good as that first pop, you know. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's what actually you, I read that in the book. That's what you heard. Yeah. Well, I, I read that the readers of the Wrestling Observer voted you, Dallas, the most improved wrestler for 1996. So the, the fans at home are, are getting, you've gotten their attention. And uh, of course, we know, and we've talked about it a few weeks ago in January of 97, you had the booking committee's decision. It went down January 13th at the Louisiana Superdome, the whole welcoming party angle. And man, you're off to the races after that. And you even talked about getting to see the replay on Turner later that night. And the streak continues. You do a run into the clash of the champions. You hit Scott Norton with the diamond cutter. You're announced as having an opponent in him for the NWO sold out pay-per-view. When did you feel like, okay, this is it. I, I know it's the Superdome, but a lot of times in wrestling, you know, it's unfair, but we've seen a lot of starts and stops, if you will. Yeah. When did you realize, Hey man, I've really got some momentum. This is really happening. It's yeah. not a false start. The, lo- the locked-ins by him. You know, it's when, when you feel locked in. The reaction of the people, you know, like when I put that shirt on, that NWO shirt, there's, there's people who cheer because they're true NWO. And other people are like, no, not you too. You know, it just, and then the field, the pops where, you know, by the time I got with Randy, we didn't, we did a lot, but we didn't have to do that much. Yeah. You know, it, we would, especially in house shows, we'd milk it and milk it. You know, you knew, uh, you know, by that point, I didn't realize how much beating Randy that first match, whew, I didn't realize how much it would mean. I mean, because it literally took me from here to there. And you're locked in then. Yeah, I was locked <laughs> in then. And I remember going to uh, a toy uh, fair and me and Hulk. We're together. And we were going through looking at all the toys and every single toy had me doing this. And he was like, you got that over. And if, like we talked about last week or two weeks ago, if this doesn't happen, like if I don't have that, I don't know if it, you know, and then we go back to this. What did they chant with him? They chant DDT. Right. They chant DDP with me. Yeah. It's like it, everything was so yeah. close, but original, made it my own. Um, just knowing being on that ride like that was just so crazy. And then it just went into hyperdrive after that, you know? You get well, lost when it goes into hyperdrive, man. It's, stuff's flying at you so fast, man, that you can't keep up with it. That's the way it was for me anyway. Yeah. And, you know, you know my, my favorite moment in that feud was after that, after that first match, and Randy come off the top at 44 to the ground and micro teared his uh, Achilles heel. Mm. So he can't wrestle. Mm. So they've got to keep pushing our story. We can't blow it off in two or three pay-per-views. So, you know, they were moving us, you know, we weren't really getting the views that we needed as far as the time on TV. So Randy went right to Hulk. And next thing you know, we're doing that deal where he's on the, the crutches, you know, and I come out there. Of course, he pulls Miss Elizabeth in front of him and I grab one of the crutches and he's pulling her in front, pulling her in front. Well, the other crutch fell and Hogan, <laughs> Terry, he ribbed me on this one. He goes, now you go through that. Now we're going to be running this B-roll. We're going to use this. We're going to just, I'm just going to whip the hell out of you. So be ready for it. 
man, when he came across those aluminum crutches, and then I went down, and then boom, boom, boom. And I'm going to pull a picture up here. And here you see, like, all the welts all over my back. I will never forget Kevin Green. Now, Kevin Green, God bless his soul, man. I can't believe how young he passed. Um, one of the greatest football players ever. Yeah. And uh, he was working with Flair. He was doing that whole thing back then. And he had just got there. And he's got a match that night. And, you know, he ain't never really worked ever. Yeah. So That phony wrestling. Right. <laughs> so they we do that at the top of the hour. And I, you know, go in and take a shower and come out. And I got a towel wrapped around me. And there's the monitor. And I'm grabbing my stuff up around the monitor. And Greedy looks at me. He goes, Diamond, what the hell happened to your back? And I go, You've been sitting here for a while? He goes, yeah. I go, didn't you see what happened? He's like, that's what kept, that's what happened? I go, that's what happened, bro. Lucky I go, enjoy your night. Enjoy your night. <laughs> enjoy. Someone gets a giant that night. Giant or AKA Paul White. He chopped him so hard in that match. If you go back and look at it, he chopped him, boy. He lit him up. He lit him up. Like, welcome to professional wrestling. <laughs> but my, my, my favorite moment in that feud, besides the La Parker thing and all that, was that next night we were in, I can't remember, Charlotte or somewhere. And I had the ice, I had the ice on my back, on my shoulder and stuff. And Randy was in the crutches. And we shot that deal where I had the crutch. And it was right after that. And Savage comes out, you know, with the crutches. And Bischoff comes out, no, no, no. And Hulk, no, no, no. And so when at some point, you know, I say something that really pisses him off. And here comes, you know, <clears throat> Bagwell and uh, Virgil and whoever. And I'm boom, boom. And I hit Buff. Now, this is God's work. Because, you know, those aluminum crutches, they uh -huh. are like when you break one of them, they don't break like clean. No. It's like a cutted edge. It's, it's like a, a knife. Yeah. It's really like a, a serious weapon. And I didn't think about any of that. I'm just in the moment beating the hell out of these guys. Because I know eventually I'm going to end up lying, you know, laying at the end. So I'm getting all my shit in, you know. And buff, when I hit him down and I go to hit him in the gut, a piece this long breaks off. And it is going a hundred miles an hour. And I don't even realize it till I see it hit the rope and bounce back. What that hit the rope? We I, I might not be here. Yeah. You know, because if that came out and engulfed some kid's face, yeah. Oh, man. oh my God. Like that's God's work. Yeah. That is G-O-D. God's work, yeah, and that wasn't. He had a bigger, big, had a, a bigger plan for me. Yeah, that would have been you, know? you, but that would have been it. That would have been it. That that they, that could have really still be collecting money. <laughs> oh my God, that was, just, I, I was when I saw it, and I, you know, the video of it, boing and coming back, yeah. like whoa. 
Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash DDP snake. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They'll allow you to connect in a safe and private online environment. It really is so convenient and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they've even got financial aid available. The service is available for clients worldwide. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to counselors located near you. By the way, licensed professional counselors are also there who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and even self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. And we recommend you check out their testimonials that are posted daily at betterhelp.com. And by the way, BetterHelp has been such a sensation and so helpful across all of America that they're now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash DDP snake. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp. H E L P dot com slash DDP snake. That's better H E L P dot com slash DDP snake. And we thank better help for sponsoring today's podcast. Well, the video that I, uh, found myself replaying over and over as a kid, I recorded a match you had with renegade on TV and, uh, man, just incommunicado. You can tell you guys just were not gelling. And there was a point where boy, you, cho- you chopped his ass so hard. And there was a camera in the corner. You leaned down and apologized and the mic picked it up and I rewound it and played it over and over as a kid. Such a great moment. Do you remember that match? Yes, I do. And again, these are the little things that are the big things of professional wrestling, you know, coming up, like how many belts did you have? You had a lot of them before you got to the show and, and they build credibility. Yeah. Well, the United States, you know, the, the TV title, the television title, you know, a lot of guys just blew right past that, went to the U.S. title and the world title. But when you're coming up the way I did, like that was a huge, like, you know, a Bush, broken. A Bush Beans title would have meant something. You know? <laughs> right. Anything, you know, but but they poor renegade, you know, he was a good kid. Died way too early. Um, he they he had such heat because of trying. No one could be the warrior. I mean, I mean, and and Vince didn't learn anything from that later by doing Diesel and and Razor and Diesel. Yeah, I mean, we tried doing the warrior. Bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And uh, I felt bad for him, man. But uh, you know, yeah, getting through that match. Uh, and working with him, he, he was just really, he was green and nervous, you know, when he was out there, you know, and yeah, I do remember like, why, like, okay, that was a little much. <laughs> <laughs> 
By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up. What would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that. It was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments, they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate. But if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com. Well, what's interesting is this is the era where fans are almost wondering every week, not is DDP going to win? Not is he going to hit the diamond cutter? But how? And that reminds me of something else, Jake. I mean, golly, the parallels between how you could put the DDT on and how you could put the diamond cutter on. Come on. Well, a smart man knows where to steal his shit. (laughs) Bottom line. There's 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 nothing new anymore. You know, you just got to know where to steal the stuff from, you know, and and make it yours. And that's what he did. You know, he wasn't copying me. He was, he was copying the emotion that came out. of it, And that's what you get. That's what you want. See, if you get a a hole, like say the full Nelson, where are you going to go with that? How many ways can you put it on one? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Can you work a high spot out of it? No. Because if the guy breaks it, it's over game over. Yeah. So that's oh, don't go for anything like that. I mean, I don't know how Scott Hall got some of the people up that he did for that damn thing that he did. Yeah. yeah. My God. Yeah, when you start putting 300 pounders up there, brother, that's got to weigh on you. And get, just getting them up getting there. Getting them up there you know, is damn near impossible. 
And, and, and Scott is one of the greatest psychology minds of our business. Not like you, man. You know, he studied everything. So I was really surprised that that was his finish. But it worked for him. He, he pulled it off. He pulled it off. You talk about a guy who could chop. He was a stud. Yes, he was a stud. But he was the diamond stud. Yeah. And it was me and him in our very first match. I can't remember the kid's name. I want to say it was George. But Scott gave him an overhand chop. Like I'd never seen, like, it sounded like it was like a, a shotgun went off and, you know, the match is over. He's in the back. The kid is laying down. The paramedics are there. His hand, like it ain't just red. It's black and blue black already. And blue, yeah. Like he was worried. I was worried. This kid was going to die, you know, and that could happen. You know, I still, you know, we, we talk about chops because you know, that's, that's, the fans dig it. So we do it. Right. Get to chopping, man. Let's let's forget who the king is. Wahoo. Yeah. Wahoo was the king. I used to watch different guys. Poor Piper. Oh, my God. Piper would go to the ring. Early in the match, Wahoo would chop him three or four times, and he'd get blood blisters. Blood blisters. Mm. By the end of the match, he's busting those blood blisters. Uh. So Piper had come back. He's, his chest is bleeding. Nobody ever sees that. You know? <laughs> he's, just, he's like, I hate those goddamn chops, man. But that's he's the key, bro. You know, if we're talking about old school and we're talking about Wahoo McDaniel and Roddy Piper and even the NWO 25 years ago, I just got a text message. Maybe there's a, another member there of the old crew in the studio today. DDP oh, yes. is Mr. Tony Schiavone oh, with yes. us. Oh, yes. Oh Miss- yeah, I've seen him around carrying jackets back to the ring. Yeah, come on in, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I get in between these, uh, oh, these yeah. two guys. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Since you're, uh, you got a booster chair. <laughs> <laughs> since you're uh, pimping stuff already, and and in celebration of uh, Guardians of Justice, I wanted to give you each a, a copy of Butts and Seats, the Tony Schiavone uh, story, which is a graphic novel that is out oh. uh, because uh, I, I really love Guardians of Justice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really love Nighthawk. <laughs> I love a superhero. A very it's, mature it's superhero. Not, it's obvious you like a superhero. Yeah, and I wanted to give it to you so you'll be nice to me uh, back uh, at AEW. Always, change. always. <laughs> this is a really cool cover, though, Tony. It is. Yeah, I, when, I, when I walked in here, I'd seen I was like, oh, my God. Hey, that's Tony's book he was telling me about. Yeah. It's easy to see who uh, paid for the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, I just wanted to say that, that's and cool, I'm, I'm over here listening to you guys talk, and I'm thinking about 1997. <sighs> and how big of a star you became. Just a little story. My son, Matt, was a sophomore in high school here at Pope High School. Yeah, right. And he was in the drum line. And he said, Dad, everybody in the drum line, uh, the indoor drum line, are, they're big fans of DDP. Can you help us out? I said, what do you want? He said, we want the Bang T-shirt. <laughs> so I bought all members of the drum line, like 25 of them, the Bang T-shirt. And when they performed everywhere, these different high schools of the indoor drum line, they wore that shirt. Wow. That was such a big wow. deal in 97. It was really, yeah, it was a really a great year for all of us. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like, is this really happening? Because, you know, 96 was really good, but 97, like everything changed. Cause all of a sudden we're winning. Yes. Like, Oh my God. Not, right. not every, every other week or every right. third week. We're winning every week. Sure. Like, and people are going like, man, that, like, and that, that had never happened. Right. Never happened. And yeah. you won the title on your birthday, right? The day after my the birthday. The day after your birthday. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was around birthday. that time. The 50th or 60th. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Yeah. I want to tell you fans out there something. 
without announcers, you don't happen. Guys like this, the good ones, <laughs> they make you a star. Yeah, 100%. by talking about you, and I want to thank you for everything that you've ever said about me, good or bad. Yeah, <laughs> because you kept me out front. Well, here, here's here's the truth about being a wrestling announcer. Sometimes it's difficult, but when you guys you got to put over a guy like Jake or a guy like Dallas, it's easy because you're invested in them and you're a fan of theirs, and you watch them in the ring. You go, shit, I like that, right? I you're love a good the, time. That's, I love the DDT. I love the diamond cutter. So you get invested in it. And your enthusiasm comes across as genuine because it is. Yeah, but without without these guys doing their job, it's like a referee. The referee's one of the most important things in the business, man. Sure. A great referee can make a bad match good, but a bad referee can make a good match crap. Because <laughs> it's just out of place. That's right. And Tony and uh, just a couple others, there's not many out there that do it right, know exactly when to say something. And how to say it. That's art. Yeah. Well, I That's appreciate art. that. Tony, let me ask you a question because I've told this story already here okay. a couple weeks ago. Um, but do you remember? And let me get it all the way out. Watch out. Talk, My memory's kind of fuzzy. So, <laughs> back when I was doing announcing yes. and, and had my first match with me and Scott against a tag team match against whoever. And I'm still dressing in the, in, you know, well, the announcer's area. Right. So, uh, Hey, I'm in the back. I'm putting all my stuff. And you walked in the end of the show and you walked in and you said, Diamond, that's one of the best matches I've ever seen a guy have for his first match. And then you said, if you're good this six, if you're this good six months from now, yeah. you suck. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I actually I do remember that. And I remember the first time I met you, I think. Obviously, Conrad, I think it was in Alabama. I think we were in Montgomery, and wow. you had, they had you do Worldwide with me. Oh, you, right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah right. And you, you came in with all these different outfits, okay? <laughs> and you were unzipping all these different outfits. Look at this. Look at this. I'm thinking, God, we got Larry Zabisco here again. I was trying out all these uniforms on there. <laughs> yeah, bags of ice. <laughs> ice himself down. Right. I, re I remember that. And uh, But I do remember that, saying how great your first match was. Yeah. And it was. Man, it, it really was. And. It led to a Hall of Fame career, buddy. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah you can come on this show and, 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 and honk your book anytime because, you know, not that Dallas has ever honked anything. No, he of does. course not. He's not like that. He's but, not a shameless, uh, but is, oh, that's a friend of mine. Come on. <laughs> By the way, that snake is life-size. <laughs> of course, uh, we're talking about 1997 here, and, and it looks like, you know, as you're feuding with the NWO, even though you start with Kevin and Scott, it's going to be Scott Norton, but then it moves on to, Hey, big Bubba's laying and we don't know why. And then, as you mentioned, a little interaction with buff Bagwell, but then boy, there's a big shift at super brawl, Randy Savage, who had aligned himself with sting in early 97. And seemingly they're just hanging out in the rafters together or what have you, he's going to turn heel and it's not too long before, man, you guys are going to be hooked up. When did you know? Hey, I'm getting Randy. I'm really getting programmed with Randy. It's not Bubba. It's not Scott Norton. It's freaking Randy. You know, I, it just got sprung on me and I, I had no idea. Bish, Bish didn't say anything to me about it. Cause we, we hung together all the time. And I think it might've been decided that day or whatever. But the funny part is, you know, that, um, uh, what was it called? Celebrity nudes. 
that Kimberly was in. Yeah. And when I told Bischoff about that a couple of months earlier, this is before anything takes off, before the NWO or any of that stuff, it's probably like five months ahead of time. I said, I got to tell you what I did. He's like, what did you do? I said, well, Kimberly, you know, she'd been in Blondes, Brunettes, and Redheads. She'd been in their satellite magazines for Playboy. And they got a hold of her, and they want her to be in the celebrity nudes because she's on TV, but they want you in it too. And I'm like, what do you mean they want me in it too? <laughs> well, they want you to be putting on your boots as I'm about to slip into something. And I was like, let's do it. And we went and did it, and we shot, and they loved it. They called Kim back. We don't want to give you two pages. We want to give you six. Wow. So will you come back and do another shoot? So I tell Bischoff this, and he's like, are you crazy? You, you could lose your job. And at that point, I didn't really care. No, because you they, anything anyway. I, they weren't giving me anything. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, you know, maybe Vince will do something with it. Well, and I just said it like that. And then that became the angle of, you know, them spray painting Kim and exposing her that she was in the Playboy thing. So that thing sold out immediately. Yeah. Because then it just it just came out. And, uh, you know, oh, God, I. It, it was it was so surreal for me, man, because at that point, whatever they wanted me to do at that point, because yeah. after the NWO thing Ugh. and I got Randy now, well, I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know. All right. Let's write a timeout right now. Can't wait to tell you about a brand new product that changed my life in 2021. And I know it's going to change yours in 2022. It's chili sleep. Now, listen up. Science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering our core body temperature. We're talking temperature-controlled sleep. That's going to restore your testosterone levels, repair your muscles after a hard day's work, and even improve your cognitive function so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Chili Sleep makes customizable, climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. Chili Sleep makes the Uller and Cube Sleep System both hydro-powered, both temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. And I mean it. My family has the Euler. I like to keep my bed around 60 degrees. My wife wants to climb into an 80-degree bed, but then once she's off to sleep, it automatically drops down to somewhere in the 60s that she likes it, but then it'll warm her up to wake her up. She doesn't have to go ahead and do that every night. She gets to set it and forget it. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature all night long for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold or even both. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili sleep can make that happen. And for an extra layer of comfort, they also make the chili blanket, the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. This has been such a game changer in my life. As I'm talking to you right now, my wife and I are going on vacation tomorrow for her birthday. We have a travel chili sleep. I'm not kidding. We have a chili sleep. We keep here at the house. And then we have one when we have to leave town. I don't want to sleep on a bed again without chili sleep. Head over to chilisleep.com forward slash DDP snake to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for DD snake pit listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com forward slash TDP snake to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. That's chili, sleep.com forward slash TDP snake. Now let's get back to the program. 
Well, right off of Super Brawl, it's a big milestone for you. You find yourself in Sacramento in the main event of Nitro. Uh, you're going to be working with David Taylor and that feels like a pretty random main event until you realize the outsiders are coming in and here comes the macho man with the can of spray paint, knowing just how hard it was to get any sort of traction in WCW, whether it was because Kevin Sullivan, the booker wasn't sold on it or because Eric didn't want to look like he was showing favoritism, just main eventing nitro had to be something you were ecstatic about the hottest wrestling show in the world. And you're going on last with Randy doing some, some interference with a spray paint can Lord. Yeah, I get it. Dude, I was just like, <laughs> I was kind of, it was surreal to me. I didn't take it. Like I didn't start overthink it. Cause I want to go out there and do whatever I want to do with David, who was a hell of a worker, you know, and then all the stuff that happens with Scott and Kev and all that, you know, and now I just know, I'm just thinking about the elbow. I'm like, I'm not even going to move. He knocks me out. I won't stepping up. I'm taking it. That's when I realized there was nothing fake about Randy Savages. <laughs> like when he would come off that top rope and he would get air, oh, even boy. in his, he was 44 at the time. He would get the air. You were his crash path. Yeah. And when he hit me, I felt like, the whole left side of me, like my rib cage splattered open and my guts came out and I know he's going to do it again three times. And then you leave on the stretcher, but three <laughs> of these to close the show. Thank God you had a ride <laughs> and still so, be laying there. Uh, somewhere in here as you're down, you know, devastated, I, I would say selling, but more like convalescing in real life, <laughs> right. a, a fan jumps in the ring and the NWO beats the shit out of him for real. Tony, do you remember this? What a segment oh, that yeah, was. It's one of my fondest memories because the fan jumped <laughs> the fan jumped in the ring and did this into the hard camera. Right. And when he turned to his right, Savage went boom. <laughs> and I went, yes. Well, when he got in there, I thought, <laughs> not oh, a good idea. Not a good <laughs> idea. Not a good idea. You don't throw meat in the shark tank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he cold cocked him, right? He turned right to him. It was a clean shot. On on the heels uh, of that moment. Game when you get inside. Yeah. You're off for a few days here, Dallas, and then you're going to work with uh, Randy in Columbia, South Carolina. It's an unadvertised match, and you get the win. It's by DQ, but still, considering let me, let that you let me were tell in you what happened before. Yeah, let me tell you what happened before, because Arn, who I love, but back then, Arn and I did, did a lot of this, you know, for for a while there, and he had told me I, I was never going to be a top guy because. Savage, Flair, Sting, um, Luger, or uh, Hulk are never going to put you over. You're not seen as a top guy, and that like that that beat me yeah. down hearing that from him. Yeah, man. So, but now we're in that locker room, and Arn's the agent, and he comes in because you know no one's asking me what I'm doing. You know, like so, um, Randy, what do you want to do? And he's tying up his boots, and he goes. Mm. I think I want to take the diamond cutter. And Arn just kind of like, <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, well, Diamond, I, I hope you know what this could do for your career. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And really what it came down to, and I love Arn Anderson, man. He's a class act. Um, but that, that was a moment between us. And later on, he would apologize to me for saying that to me. And, you know, we were brothers again. That's all a the class way through. Act, yeah, he is. He's total class act. You should so, learn from Mark. I'll do what I can. <laughs> but uh, 
What that was, Randy was testing the water, right? Sure. To see what it felt. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. uh, do the people, do they buy, buy it? it? Yeah. Do they buy it? Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of spark does it throw? Randy is smart enough to go out and look to find somebody to work with. Right. You got, you know, you just can't put two guys together. It don't work like that. It's got to be a good marriage. Yeah. Just like life. If you want it to last. <laughs> right. You know, boy, right. do we know that. <laughs> Yikes. I got one now. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I do too. Again. The miracles. Yeah. Miracles yeah. for real. Yeah. I had to grow up for 25 years first. So I'm, I'm a slow learner. But it's the same thing with picking a guy out of the locker room to work with. It's got to feel right. So you'll mesh well. So you can feed off of each other. I mean, it's not just, okay, add A and B together. They'll think they'll be fine. No, that's not the way it works. It's a lot harder than that. It really is. Dallas, what was your relationship like with Randy, you know, out of the ring, away from the cameras in real life? I'm just curious what his take, if any, would have been as, as, as clearly he's the veteran in this example. And he has had interesting times with his wife, Liz being involved in the wrestling business. And now you're going to do an angle with her being involved and you know, naked. Is that something where he's like, uh, diamond, none of my business, but does he give you some sort of talk like that? No, you know, Randy, Randy was another guy like, you know, Bischoff, Sully, um, Randy's like too many gimmicks. You know, like you got, you got it. He was one of those guys who, you know, by the time I got to him, there was none, you know, I wasn't, everything was gone. And, um, the thing about Randy and I, and I got ridiculed by everyone for doing it, but no one said shit about Randy. Randy laid out everything, laid out, laid out everything. So do I, but it, mine and his is preparation mixed with improvisation. Because anywhere else, I can talk. I never shut up in the ring, like ever. Really? Even <laughs> just in the ring. Oh, okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Was he? This is why people really want to like watch our YouTube, yeah. As opposed to you know catch it on iTunes. I love people catching it on <clears throat> iTunes and Spotify. Yeah. But if you want to see the antics, like Tony Ooh. just burying me behind <laughs> my back. Uh, oh, we'll do it later anyway. <laughs> so uh, if we get so the you mic, talk a lot in the ring. Is yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, I, I talk about what we talked about. You know, and then it might change something. But bottom line is we both were the same way. So we had that. I mean, today, everybody does it. But back then, we were really the innovators of that, you know, and still be able to do the the, the change up. Like, if I work with Jake, I talk about a couple of things, but the rest he's going to call out there, you know, because it's Jake, and I'm just going to shut up, you know. God. <laughs> I can't, I can't remember how I did it though. <laughs> Bell ring, DDT, go home. <laughs> so somewhere in here, you guys are going to have a nitro at the Omni, uh, you're back working and, and defeating Rick Fuller here. And this is the last show at the Omni and, and Tony, you and Jake certainly know the significance of the Omni from, you know, wrestling past and all that. But yeah. did you Dallas at the time recognize what a big building this was for wrestling history. I mean, I don't know what Hell you're, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, dude, I watched, I watched, uh, you know, TBS and Georgia Championship Wrestling and, you know, how they ran that territory. You know, I mean, you know, Gordon Soley back then, Tony oh, Schiavone, you know, they freaking these guys, you know, all the way through those years, you know, the, it's a big deal. It's in the Omni. Like when I'm doing like, someone will say cut a promo on somebody. Boys, we just lost. Uh, there he is. Um, uh, we'll say uh, cut a promo on someone for a cameo, right? And I'll go two out of three falls in the Omni Thursday night. I always use the Omni. Right. Yeah, whatever. Well, Arn Anderson said it was the Madison Square Garden of the South. It yeah. Was. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Jake, around this time, you have your last match with the WWF. It's March 1st, Alexandria, Louisiana. You defeat the goon. Uh, what's your status with the company at this time? Are you trying to transition out of the ring or is this a time you remember very fondly? Oh man. No, I don't. <laughs> um, no, that's when I was. Ooh. Need somebody to chop you, get that flame out. Yeah, okay. Okay. So this is what year is this? Uh, this would have been, uh, March of 1997, March 1st. Yeah. 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 I, I went back in, um, uh, in Royal rumble events and, um, they wanted me to come back. Well, hell, I was 35 pounds overweight. I did not want to wrestle anymore. I wanted to, to write. And that was my, always my dream. Uh, I got a taste of that when I did uh, Georgia championship wrestling. And it was just something that I had a knack for, man. I don't, it wasn't me coming up with these ideas. It was somebody else. And um, they were fresh ideas. They were exciting, but they were simple. And they, they looked at simple things and they brought those to the forefront, you know, and, and everybody could understand it. Sometimes we make it too complicated, Ooh. you know, let's keep it, <laughs> keep it simple, stupid, you know, and, uh, that's what I did. So I was really wanting to go back to that and, uh, make a run with it in the WWF and, uh, Vince, I left the WWF because he had promised me that spot. And because he said, if when Pat retires, it's yours. Okay. Well, Pat retired, you know, under pressure at the time, in 93 or four, whatever it was. And this, well, Pat's still around. He's just not on television. Oh, so it's bullshit. <laughs> he didn't retire. <laughs> yeah, but don't say, okay. So I left over there. And uh, coming back, it was to be me right. And uh, I didn't play the office game very well. Um, I'm old school. You know, Dallas has got all this technology out here. I use about three things on this phone. That's it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a tech guy. And, and the reason being is I have an addictive personality. If I was to get into that, I would do nothing but look at that all day long. You know, they'd find me in a room, you know, and <laughs> shriveled up and dead because I, I, I get hooked on something. I just don't give it up. So I never did. And uh, the business has changed. You know, I didn't. And I remember Vince saying, you need to check your emails. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then a few weeks later, they brought to my attention that I had over 900 emails waiting. Did you even know what an email was back no. then? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> and they had a guy come and he was going to teach me. 
I ran him off in about 20 minutes because I, yeah, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Uh, I couldn't get any, I couldn't grasp it. You know, and for those that can, God bless you, man. But that's just not me. And uh, that, that, that caused me a lot of problems up there. And the other problem was jealousy. You know, I didn't know that you had to play these office games with the other people that are in there. Holy crap. But you knew it in the back, though, dude. Yeah, but I didn't think. I thought the office once said, boom, you're okay. I found out you take the wrong seat in the limo and you piss somebody yeah. off. Right. And uh, that, that heat was uh, crazy, man. I hated it. I hated it. Such, such a waste of energy. You know, I, I used to tell Vince used to ask me to come to the office to help him. I said, Vince, if you want something for me, call me, tell me about it, and I'll give it to you. But I'm not going to spend my only three days off in these two months in Connecticut. I've got a wife I'd like to see. And she actually wants to see me. This was early. You know, <laughs> later on is a little bit different, mm -hmm. but because I earned that. But uh, I just, I, I couldn't handle the, the games in the office, man. I just, I don't play well with others. So did you give notice to Vince or were you looking to do stuff on the independence or with ECW or no, no, after, after that time, man, I just pretty much just uh, dropped out because, uh, when I went on the, uh, independence scene, man, for a while it was okay, but man, let me tell you how bad it got. I started realizing the people I'm wrestling, I've never heard of. Well, am I that old? And then I asked a guy one time, I said, how many matches you had? He's little about three. Three and you're in the main event? Are you kidding me? Well, I paid for it. You paid for it? What do you mean? I gave the promoter $1,500 to wrestle you. Mm. Wait a minute, I'm making a grand. So the promoter's making cash off me. Mm -hmm. By me going out and endangering my health with this young kid. Mm. And that happened several times. And I finally, I, I can't do this. Right. Uh, this is, this is crazy. And the fact that these guys were screwing me over like that just really hurt. And it wasn't fun anymore. And it wasn't fun because the guys I was in the ring with did not know anything. Didn't know anything. You know, <laughs> Christ, I love wrestling and I always have, and I always will, because I like the getting connected here, not here, not in the eyes, but here. When you start caring about the, the opponent or the, your star, whoever you picked or watching somebody come up the ranks or watching a Cincinnati go after an LA, if you will, you know, that, that's the good parts. But the bad parts, man, sometimes can outweigh them. And you really have to be careful not to uh, fall into that. I had to step away from wrestling for a long time. And uh, when I came back, boy, it changed tremendously. And uh, I mean, hell, AEW for me is uh, a great way to go out. Because uh, they're a class organization. They allow me just enough to keep me happy. And uh, they're so kind to me and they take care of this old man. And uh, 
And I'm finally gaining the confidence and uh, some of the talent. They're talking to me about things now. When I first got to the AEW, guys would not talk to me. They're intimidated. I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You were. Yeah, I was. That pissed me off. Because I worked with him just a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. man. All right. What the hell did I do? Did I piss on these guys? What did I, I You're Jake the Snake freaking Roberts. Yes. To me, I'm not. <laughs> to me, I'm just me. You know, and uh, I'll do anything for these guys. I love Lance Archer. God dang, he works hard. Yes, he does. Oh, my God. And he's not a young man either. Yeah, I know. And uh, he needs needs to get something out of this business before he's finished. Because he's earned it. And I love guys that earn it. That's why I love Dallas. He earned it. You know, I mean, nobody in the world can say, oh, they've given to him. Bullshit. I'd put anybody in the world up against this guy on getting ready for a match or training for a match or just training, period. And I will laugh my ass off as I watch you puke your guts up because he's blown you so far out of the can. I respect that. How can you not love that? My God. He was he was older whenever he started. And for him to, to, to fight not just one guy, but he had to fight for every scrap that came off the table. The other guys are eating prime rib and porterhouses. Dallas is lucky to get a crumb off the edge of the table. But he'd take that crumb and he'd make it work and he would get somebody's attention. Not necessarily the right people, but he would get attention with the fans. He stole his spot by getting the fans to fall in love with him. Then they had to give it to him. Because the NWO had taken damn near everybody out of the locker room. I remember Dallas one time calling me upset because his buddies weren't pulling him into the NWO. Mm, yeah. And I oh said, dude, they got to work with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that became the angle, right? Like you're it. <laughs> when, you, when they came and asked me if I wanted to be involved. Hey, let me ask Tony. We got, we got Tony here and Tony, I want to like the moment that Scott Hall showed up. You didn't know, did you? No, no. So how, what's happening in the booth? As that's happening. All right. Here he's walking down a thing. Right. You know, what, what are you thinking? Well, I've, you know, as, as you know, we're on Monday nights against them. And I'm thinking, my first thought is, ooh, the shit's really on now. And, you know, and Vince is silly henchman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know what he would I'm do. I'm glad you're here, Mark. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Me> either <and> Tony. <laughs> and, and I really think, ooh, the shit's on. And at first, I'm thinking, is this really Scott Hall walking in on his own? You know, right, doing right. your business for himself. Right. Because, that's happened I mean, before. yeah, it's happened before. Especially with Scott. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, and you, you talked about how great of a performer he was. It just, uh, it just completely turned around everything for us. It really did. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know. I didn't know it was real or not. I mean, listen, Dallas, I didn't know truly. And I didn't want to always know finishes. At Spring Stampede in 97, I didn't know you were going over. And that was fine. You know what I'm saying? Just keep it. It makes you. Yes. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you always, you and Bobby and Dusty, all three of you guys really, it gave me that credibility over those years. I was trying to earn it and the work ethic and, you know, tonight too. Yeah. Oh yeah. We had great crews. We did. Great guys there. Like like Jake had said earlier, it's like, that is everything. 
you know, and sometimes the office, if you understand, like they're promoting something while well, I'm actually going because the offices are going, <laughs> make sure you hit this, this, yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to work that in. You know, you're in trouble. You know, and, <laughs> and sell out of it. Like, hey, we got popcorn market. in the back. And uh, <laughs> hey, stop by to see Maggie May. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're in deep shit then. Yeah, they're not talking about what you're doing in the ring. You're in trouble. And right. Again, Tony's one of the best. Yeah. And, uh, well, and what a fun ring setup it was in this era. You guys would do a spring break nitro from club La Vila Dallas. Mm-hmm. This has to be right up your alley. An old club guy. Now there's a wrestling yeah. ring in there. You're going to pick up a win over Sergeant Craig Pittman, but then you're doing a promo with mean Gene, and they lose all of the power right in the middle of your oh, promo. What do you remember about this? Killed another town. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy but those kids were so loud they were having they, then they're all they're all drunk oh, as hell yeah. and, they're, and they're living the dream because we were the college crowd yeah, the high school yeah, crowd of course yeah. we were. you know and adults as well, well that's all nwo stuff there they, you know, the right. kids rebelling yeah, yeah so exactly. it was so amazing Maybe. you know and all of us were in our 40s in late 30s mm-hmm. early 40s yeah and uh late you behave yeah. like children yeah. Yeah, yes, they, I, yes, they did. I, I loved being. How did you like it down there? I loved going down. Oh, I think it was great. It was it was a great atmosphere. It it drew on the nitro parties we had. Sure, and yeah. College kids and like I said, with the the high school drum line at Pope, that they that that was their thing. And and I I remember when the when the uh, power went out. I remember first thing out of my because I had suffered with WCW, you know, from the Jim Hurt era, right? right and I, right. I had suffered through that. And I remember when lights going out, first thing I thought was fucking WCW. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we had we had gone through some times, but Club La Vila was great. You know, they just tore that down. So. I know, because they're going to make it condos. Of course. Or homes. Or okay, homes. right. And, you know, I, bought a, I bought, a, bought a piece of property right on the beach, right down the street from La Vila. Wow, how about that? <laughs> yeah, we're, but we're going to build uh, Pages Retreat. We're going to do, you know, workshops down there. And Very stuff. cool. So I'm super excited about that, but... I one of the craziest nights ever was the night the sting was in the helicopter mm-hmm. and repelled right. down to the ring. Right. Like Stinger, I was just with him uh on doing they were filming Darby's day off, right. you know, back a couple weeks ago. And Darby <laughs> flying airborne, jumping over a house. Right. You know, like crazy shit. But Stinger is the guy dropping from the ceiling, but now he's dropping from that helicopter, man. Right. How many things could have gone wrong oh, there? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it did been me. Uh-huh. The first thing that had gone wrong with me be shitting all over the people. That <laughs> <laughs> so after yeah. Club La Vila, Dallas, you, you have your first advertised match with Randy Savage in Florence. He puts you over clean in the middle of the ring. And that gets us to the uncensored pay-per-view for March of 97. Now you don't have a match there, but this is where that infamous promo you alluded to happens. You're starting with Gene, Randy and Liz are going to come out with a copy of the playboy magazine. They've got the NWO spray painted over her naughty parts. And then Kim comes out crying. They're not naughty parts. (laughs) The, uh, the NWO has spray painted on her clothes. Savage jumps you spray paints you. Liz is going to spray paint Kim. And man, this just gets monster heat. And of course the audience at home, we're familiar with Kim. We know about the nitro girls and certainly it's been acknowledged that you guys are together, but this is asking her to do something totally different. Uh, how did she feel about getting involved in this regard? Well, first 
Kim was very much like Elizabeth, who went to University of Kentucky. Kim went to Auburn and then did her master's. She had her master's from Northwestern at the age of 22 in marketing. So this was not a girl who watched wrestling, but neither was Liz, you know? Uh, So when we're there, we're talking with Randy, talking with Liz, and then Kimberly says, and Randy, don't be afraid. If you got to grab me, just grab me. And I, I, I go, she doesn't really she's mean that. She's 100% really or I'll that. say that. Randy, she doesn't really mean that. You know, like, <laughs> she goes, no, I do. I go, I look at her and I grab her and I grab her leg. I go, like, shut the fuck. No, you don't want him just grabbing you because that cat, he could get real, real, real fast like that. Yes. You know, and you right. had to up your shit to get with it. And that's what made our matches so great because I just went by the barometer of wherever he was at because I was coming back just as hard and you know of course but uh you know bottom line is the the, the energy that it's the old you know the cliche you could cut it with a knife you know it, it was so amazing to be out there and 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 the parts of like going to the towns you know and and working together with no cameras man i'll bet you we didn't touch for 10 minutes didn't have to. Didn't <laughs> have to. It was beautiful. But man. again, they went. They went after something everybody could understand. Yes. You know, it's very simple. That's my wife. Okay. Keep you it know, simple. There. You don't do that. You don't do that. You know, Randy was real funny about that too. You yeah. Know, right. Uh, yeah. Ask George Steele. Well, you can't lay on it. <laughs> when George Steele <laughs> was back. Yeah. Randy lost it. Oh my God. And then when they wanted me to slap her, mm-hmm. are you sure? <laughs> yeah. That's a little break. So everybody understands the angle. And, and on March 17th, you guys are in Savannah. You're going to get a win over Max. But then you see Savage and Ch- start to give chase. You guys run through the crowd. It's announced you're finally going to have a singles match on pay-per-view spring stampede. Uh, you wind up working in the main event in Minneapolis. Once again, you beat Randy this time in the main event. And I'm curious, you know, we've talked about how Eric wanted to be cautious of this. Do you remember there being any griping or unrest in the back with guys saying, oh, Eric's just playing favorites. Now that you're finally working with Randy in the main event, is there any backlash? As Jake, when you, when you're like on that top level, yeah. Like you don't hear shit. You don't hear yeah. shit. <laughs> you will, you will, but it'll have to come. I'll never forget when now I'm working much later on, worked with Malone, which was my idea. And then if Kev was supposed to be the one that, from what I understand, work with Leno, but Bishop put me right back in that spot because he saw how hard I worked laying everything out. Like these guys didn't know what they're doing. You know, you got to really, if Bishop, you cater to them. Bishop was so funny. One time he pulled me aside. He said, I want you to think about what you just said there. We're, we're talking the way we talk. And then I'll jump, I'll jump in there, hit you with a boom, bang, boom. And, and you <laughs> yeah. do what you're going to do over there. And he goes, it's like, you're speaking a foreign language. language. Yeah, you and are. <laughs> Dennis is like, he has no idea what he's listening to, you know? And, uh, you know, when you have that, slow it down. <laughs> when you when you when you have that kind of, uh, you know, that spot, you don't hear it until one of your boys will pull you aside and go, "Hey, Jay, 
you got some heat here and yeah. I, it's not warranted. Yeah. It's not warranted, but yeah. I'm just smartening you up that this is happening. Jealousy, then, jealousy has killed more people than war ever has. Know that for a fact. And, and, you know, for me, I love all the guys I was with. I just knew it was moments in time. And cause we all helped each other, you know, and sometimes you get pissed off at each other cause we're so close. And we're riding in the cars all together. And, you know, so I mean, what I did was I killed every one of those things or I headed them straight on with kindness, yeah. you know, because the other part doesn't work. No, screaming and yelling yeah. does it not doesn't work. work. It doesn't work. And these guys, all those guys, we're family. We're very disgruntled family at times. It gets kind of really aggravated and pissed off at each other. But when it's all said and done, it's like it goes back to like we were doing talking about heels where mm. the brothers, they're yeah. going to kill each other. Yeah. But you ain't going to touch my brother. Yeah. You know, and if, and if it blood was thicker than water. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't matter if it's whoever is in that, you know, league, whether it's, uh, you know, any of the boys in the back. And ain't no one else going to step in on that, you know. So, you know, it is it, the heat that was there was to me was trivial. We're going, to, we're going to talk about heels before we do. I want to put a bow on this one. We finished the first quarter in 1997. You beat Lance Ringo. It's the go home nitro for Roanoke. Uh, you have Ringo and a fireman's carry convert that into a diamond cutter kind of looks like an F five on steroids. And then afterwards, Savage says, do you have any family jewels? And of course that gets you ready for the big spring stampede main event. We're going to cover that next month here on the show to celebrate the 25th anniversary. But now. It's time to talk about heels. And I know Tony Schiavone, he's a big fan of heels and we're going to pick it up too. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, we're, 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 we're on our, all weekend. three of us are trying to get a spot on that show. <laughs> 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 if it don't happen pretty soon, you never know what might be said. <laughs> well, Dallas, what'd you uh, think of this episode? Well, let's, well, let's just, start, we have to always go back to the last episode. So, we, we don't, we don't do the spoiler, you know, right. but in week seven, last week, uh, it ends with uh, Crystal coming to talk to Jack to let him know that Ace is with Gully down in Jacksonville. Which now, is a big no-no. Which kind of like throws me a because they're so far from each other. Why would they even care? But is that Crockett's house in the movie or in the show? No, it wasn't. <laughs> that house is pretty badass. Oh, shit. Whoever, whoever has that house has got too much money. Yeah, who came up with that talent they had walking around, too? My mm. God, I've never seen anything like that in wrestling. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, the, you know, they, they have the, the big party down there, and, you know, Ace has been down there. Roosters brought him in. He got, he got that gimmick over, Rooster did. No, he really did. <laughs> and we'll, but, if you, but if you look at, if you look at uh, what Rooster had said in the, in the week before, Jack oh, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, out yeah. in the parking lot, and he was smoking. Yeah. And he, he basically said, come on, Rooster, your fans are out here. You shouldn't be smoking. He goes, oh, okay, cool. He goes, because I've been thinking about quitting anyway. Yeah. You weren't yeah. talking about the cigarettes. He just, right. he just gave his notice right then, right. as we find out. So and it'll be interesting to see what happens with him next year. Mm. But to get to this spot, you know, he goes down there, Jack, and they're they're giving they're going to give Ace the strap down there. Yeah, we're going to take put it on Rooster, but they're going to pull it right off. One night, nice. yeah. yeah, and put it right on Ace. And that that's, might have been interesting to watch too. No, absolutely. 
you know that well at the end you see you see him talking and uh, my, my buddy luke hawks is there and which he's one of the guys who's been he's like the guy who does like um um like guerrero uh, um Chavo does for mm-hmm. he did for Glow he, and and you know um, Senior had done all that yeah. stuntman stuff, but but coordinators, you know, like getting all the thing going, and and Hawks actually got a, a line in there. He kind of he had kind of wearing kind of S and M wear, strapped yeah. up in the nylons, and he dropped an elbow at that party. Off through the table, which is pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, well, I hope you only had to do that once. Uh, yeah. but the, the deal is Jack gets there and Ooh. he gets in the ring and he whoops his ass. So what do you think about that, Jake? Do you ever, you, are you throwing a flag there? Or are you, you saying that could happen? Happen, brother. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and it is, I thought it was funny that they were sending guys to the ring. That wouldn't have happened either. They would have shot somebody and have been over with, man. Because that was you don't go to somebody else's house and shit in their backyard. You know, right. you go to their house and shit in their yard. But uh yeah, man, that wouldn't have happened. And you know, but I love the way they're doing this, man. And they keep these characters growing. And the relationship with Jack and Ace, you don't know which way it's going to go. And it's lovely, man. But you know what bothers me now? It interests me. His wife now getting the break. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And there's trouble in paradise. And sometimes when there's trouble in paradise, a wrestler will just go more towards the ring. Because that's the only place that he feels really good and there's no pain, there's no anger, there's no shame. You know, uh, Scott, Scott Hall said it. He said, yeah, I've never had a problem in the ring. Out of the ring. Yeah. I had my problems. And it, it is where we feel safe. I know I've been so sick before that I think there's no way in the hell I mean would get up and be able to go to the ring, much less wrestle. Right. You know, and uh, man, they hear the bell and once you get out there, man, you turn it on. Because that's, that's what you do. Yeah, and uh, to watch these guys, they're turning on. The, the writers have done a phenomenal job. You know, they, they're they're a little over the top at times, most of the time. Uh, I thought Paper in the Barn was pretty good. You know, <laughs> and uh, that was that was pretty good. But uh, yeah, I, you know, sometimes you have to throw more on it than it really is when it's television. Because people want to be shocked, surprised by all the glitz, the glamour, and all that. But the reality is, man, when it comes down to it, family is family. And that's where he gets home. And she's gone. Yeah. You know, in that seventh episode. So, Tony, what that's do you reality. What about seven going and we'll talk about eight? Well, let me say what the show has done. And that is, it's what you guys are talking about. It's done the same thing that wrestling has done. It has got you interested in the characters. Exactly. You, you are exactly. you are invested. You've fallen in love, with, fallen in love with them, and I'm I'm behind. I'm way behind on the show. But the fact is that we identify with Jake Roberts yeah. back when you were Jake the Snake, yeah. and you know, were the villain. We identify with you, and we identify with those characters there. And the writers are smart about character development. When you get yeah. invested in the character, good or bad, yeah, the best bad guy is the yeah. one that you want to see yeah. get it in the freaking end, right? Yeah. And Until he turns, and, and then he turns. That's exactly, and then he's the biggest baby face. So, yeah. 
It's all about and great. Crystal comes out of the blue. You know, she does a tryout and all that. Did a great job. They they've really really worked hard on the show. I yeah, mean, I, yeah I would, they put effort into it. You're right. I don't know that I really want to be on the show, but you guys should try me anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's take it. <laughs> so let's take it into the payoff because okay, you know now we uh, we start off with episode eight and um, you know it's we see the dad again and again yeah. talking about the characters right. and which yeah. I the part I love in the beginning is just how he treats. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's seen it yet. Haven't seen it, but. Uh, he, you can see the the jealousy because you know Ace gets even though he's younger, he's a little kid. His dad sees him in the NFL. He's gonna make a star out of him. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. there's that little bit of you know he, he protects him, but he's also jealous of him. And yeah, the dad caused a lot of that too, though. You know the, the thing on the side of the road brought back a memory for me when they were wrestling yeah, on the side of the road back in my day. This is like 75, 76, something like that. In Florida, there was this grungy, filthy, torn T-shirt that guys would literally die to have. That means you were the king. And the way you got that T-shirt was by blinking your lights behind the guy that had the Mm T-shirt. And you would pull over to the side of the road and you would get out and wrestle for it. (laughs) <laughs> of course, you don't have 12 pack in you. Yeah. You know, to inspire you. What a story. But man, I I, I never blinked the light at nobody. You know? <laughs> I was afraid to stop. You You're know, an actor. Yes. <laughs> and I remember going driving too. by slowly <laughs> and seeing Jack Briscoe taking somebody oh, down. And went, oh, I'm like, oh, speed up, Jake, speed up. Wow. <laughs> And, and everybody fought for that damn t-shirt. Wow. Very yeah. cool. Nearly every week, whenever we drove from Miami to Tampa, which, you know, is 300 miles, about the 220 marks, usually when the t-shirt thing came up. <laughs> and guys were well into it. But, you know, it was a different thing back then because you, you'd, you'd get out there and fight and bust each other's noses or clip a jaw or whatever. Then you'd get back in the same damn car and tip a beer and keep going. Right. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> Good time. So, um, this is this is the episode where um, uh, let me see here. While Bill is you know the right things to build up to the big payoff, which is the big payoff, state the state fair and um, the state fair. Like how Wild Bill has worked his way into this middle of it, and he's the biggest star. Just like yeah. me or you showed up there, you know, and he's the one who's going to really draw he's the house. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to spoil too much of any of this and can't give away the finished for people who haven't seen it. But let me just ask oh, you, no. what did you think of the finish without loved saying it. what happened? Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. The, the worst thing that could have happened is if it had been a shitty finish. That's all I'll say. Mm. Oh, very cool. Oh, wow. There's double, <laughs> triple, entendre play on words. Where is he going with that? Uh, oh, shit. I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overall, I, I, I would say it, it was a good way out. I don't know if I would have played done that exact finish, only because... I think you could have stayed fair. Yeah, you could do it in a state fair, but where do you but go... It might well, not be obvious at all, but but I, I I love the creativeness of it, but 
where do you go with that? Anywhere you want. Yeah, well, that's what we'll be able to see. That's what we'll be able to see. Because the guys haven't finished anything. And, uh, you know, there was so much else happening around it. That's that's what they've really woven a good web. They can pull this string and this one's going to pop up or pull this string. and this. You don't know where the guys from Jacksonville are going to go, but you know they're coming back. Sure. They were they were out there. Yeah, they, they were there. They were pissed. And uh, they brought the <clears throat> tissues. Right. I thought the tissues was a great swear. That was huge. And and, and that shocked me. And that goes, I'm, I'm going to make a prediction here because, you know, our girl who has stepped up, uh, his wife, yeah. uh, has stepped up and moved out yeah. of the house. And he's got to come and try to talk to her. And she's got the singing at the rodeo. Yeah, she's man. doing, she got a hell of oh my voice. God. She got a hell. Like if someone could sing Star Spangled Banner, man, that you got to have a, you got to have pipes. Yeah. And she does. She so, the pole, man. And, and she said something here. I want to see if I can remember exactly what she said. I wrote it down. She said, um, she basically wants to have the, the partnership where it isn't just all about you and your wrestling. Right. We got to have our, our, our together our time. time. Our right. Because I'm not a I've bit. I've heard that for years. I'm yeah. not a bit player, is what she said. Something seven. like that. And what she wants. I'm going to make a prediction here that she gets a record deal. Mm. Oh, yeah. And wow. that, to build the heat. And oh, that yeah. changes everything. Yeah. Because now there's two, and and that's two where the stars whole jealousy is. Stars are going to get house. tough. Man, I'm telling you, and as we well know, it's uh, it's it, that's a that's a tough road to hoe. So uh, I'm having fun watching it. I'm surprised. I mean, at first, I thought, well, this is different, but now I'm I'm invested in the characters, man. And yeah, uh, that's what it is. I, when I first saw it, I thought, yeah, you know, but. You just got to get to episode got, one. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I, I had read that first episode and I was like, yeah, kind of hokey. But they didn't, they they rewritten it and made it better. But again, just getting through and getting onto it. You know, for me, they get two thumbs up for the season. And I'm glad Ooh. that they've got and if you and if you're looking to see it, it's on stars. Uh, it's also on Amazon Prime now, too. I think you still gotta have stars to get it. But uh, it's just another way for them to get people out there to check it out. Well, and you guys are getting out there these days. Of course, if you want to hear from these characters, you can go to cameo.com on your computer and uh, hear from these guys. Don't go on your phone, go through your computer. It's better for the guys, but more importantly, Jake, I I think I saw some stuff online. You're back out there making appearances. Tell us where we can see you. Yeah, man. You can see me in Gonzalez, Louisiana, man, at Red Stick WrestleCon. Yes, we'll both be there. You guys are going to be there. We'll both yeah, be man. there. And that's uh, March That'll 5th. That'll be a good time, man. Eating Lam- some gumbo. <laughs> Lamar Dixon Expo Center from 10 to 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be there. Um, and then we got uh, WrestleCon around mm-hmm. the corner. You're mm-hmm. going to be there a couple yep. of days, yep. right? Yeah, four days, man. Yep. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not Sunday. Sunday with me. Sunday yeah. with me. Three days at WrestleCon, then with you. Yeah. And I'll be at WrestleCon on Monday for sure. I'm sorry, Monday. Uh, the first, which is a Friday for sure, uh, for the day. And Conrad, are we <clears throat> are we doing that podcast thing? Yeah, we might we might have some tricks up our sleeves. So stay tuned, boys and girls. Uh oh. you can follow everything we're doing on social, Uh-oh. of course. And I'm, uh, I'm really excited about next week. We're going to be talking a little bit more about heels, a little bit more about Andre, the giant, and a little bit more from DDP snake pit. Tell your friends. Wait, 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 wait. I also want to, I wanted, there's a, there's a show that uh, my buddy, Chris Randolph, 
Flair's the headliner, but me and Jake and Kevin Nash will be there. This is across the street from the stadium. And it, it, it is, I'll have more information for you next week on that, but you can get tickets. Yeah, I, I was supposed to get the .com thing and send it to me. Meet and greets. Uh, we'll, we'll put it up here in the underneath where you can get tickets for, because this is literally going to be like, there's never been a tailgate like this one. He puts 1500 people in there and a place is going to be packed. And it's just right before you walk over to the stadium on Sunday. So uh, check it out right there on the, uh, I'll have it written right up there where you can go and check it out. VIP sports getaway is what we're talking about right across the street. Uh, who could forget Chris Randolph and all the folks there. He runs a great tailgate. If you've never been, let me just tell you, there's more food and drink and fellowship than you can imagine. Except this time it's Ric Flair, Diamond Dallas Page, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Kevin Nash right before WrestleMania, VIP Sports Getaway.com. And uh, don't forget to hit subscribe and tell your friends about your new favorite podcast, DDP Snake Pit. Damn straight. See you, boys. Thanks, Connie.